What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. It is Sunday. It's a victory Sunday. I feel like we've said that a lot in the month of December, which is really, really weird. Nonetheless, here we are. Steelers win 17-10 to against the Baltimore Ravens in MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Horrible conditions. Rain, wind, cold, horrible. I said this on Twitter. I'll say it here as well, that Maryland is a crazy state. It's a small state. I think it's the eighth smallest state in the United States. A little fun fact for you. Now, I live in Maryland. I'm in the more of the western region. If you go far west, way further west than I am, you can be skiing in some crazy elevations. You could then get in your car, drive for about four and a half, five hours, and you could be having your feet in the Atlantic Ocean. All in the same state. Pretty crazy. So I'm only about an hour out of Baltimore. And Baltimore had really hard rain, not no snow. Meanwhile, where I live, we had over six inches of snow. So it's just crazy. We all thought it was going to snow a lot. The the temperature and where the storm went in terms of rain, sleet, freezing rain, snow mix. It was just, it was a really weird storm. And the Steelers and Ravens got doused with rain. But the Steelers find a way to win 17 to 10. And as I record this podcast on Saturday night, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans are still going on. So we don't know the Steelers' fate yet. We don't know if they're going to get in. They need help, whether it's a tie tonight between the Colts and the Texans or whether it is the Jacksonville Jaguars beating or losing to the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee on Sunday or Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills going to Miami and losing to the Dolphins. Those are the scenarios that need to happen if the Steelers get in. But even if they don't, even if this was the final game for the Steelers in 2023, that season, mind you, they finish 10 and seven. They get to 10 wins. And it's crazy to think, and we talked about this in the post-game show, it's crazy to think that a 10-win team that went 5-1 and one in arguably the toughest division in football is could, could be left out of the postseason. But that's just the way it is. The Steelers made their bed, and they have to lay in it. I am going to be doing an entire episode on Monday talking about all things Steelers as it pertains to the season and what lies ahead and all that fun stuff. Today's podcast is going to be much shorter, and it's going to be all about the winners and losers Believe it or not, had more losers than you might think after a 17 to 10 win over the Baltimore Ravens. But we're going to do the winners first. We'll take a quick break and then we'll hit the losers and then head on out of here so you all can go and enjoy your football or your Sunday, whatever you choose to do. So let's start with the winners. The first winner is TJ Watt. His stat line eight tackles, six solo, two sacks, three tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. TJ Watt was having a fantastic day. Those two sacks that he had got him to 19 sacks on the season. And if it weren't for his injury, we'll talk about that later. If it weren't for his injury to his knee, there's a chance that TJ Watt was more more or less probably going to get to 20 sacks. Nonetheless, we'll see if this number 19 can hold. He could be the first player since sacks became a statistic to lead the league in sacks in three different seasons he would be one-upping his brother, JJ, who is tied with, I think, maybe Reggie White in that regard. So that's a pretty big uh, pretty big feather in the cap for TJ Watt. He definitely deserves to be a winner. The next winner is Mason Rudolph. Stat line is not crazy impressive, but I was shocked. He finished 18 of 20. He only threw two incompletions. We narrowed him down on the postgame show. 
There was the deep pass on third down and, and medium to Deontay Johnson down the left sideline, which I'm not sure how Deontay Johnson didn't catch that ball, but that's neither here nor there. And then there was the pass that was almost intercepted, targeted to Allen Robinson. Other than that, every pass that Mason Rudolph threw was completed. He finished for 152 yards, a 7.6 yard average, one touchdown, no interceptions. He had three sacks for 18 yards for a 115 rating. Now, 71 of those yards came on a touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. But still, in those conditions, what do you say to your quarterback? You say, look, we're not going to ask you to throw the ball a bunch. But when we do, you got to make sure it's completed. We got to protect the football. Now, protecting the football is is something else because he did have two fumbles, one of which was lost. But at the same time, Mason Rudolph, I thought, played a very good game, all things considered. From the opening snap, the very first snap of the game, I said this in the post-game show as well. From the very first snap of the game, you saw the weird handoff between Najee Harris and Mason Rudolph, and it just felt like after that, everything was off. Everything was off, but that throw to Deontay Johnson, the lone big play of the game, was the difference. And when you make that throw, then you deserve to be on the winner's list. All right, let's go to Najee Harris is the next winner. 26 carries, 112 yards, 4.3-yard average, one touchdown, a 15-yard long. He also added five catches on five targets for 21 yards. Now, Najee Harris, with this 112-yard game against the Baltimore Ravens, goes over 1,000 yards rushing on the season. I didn't realize this until our post-game show when Big G, Sean Gurley, you can hear him on a bunch of different shows, Pump Your Breaks, the homies. He said that Najee Harris is the first player in Steelers history, first running back, to record 1,000-yard seasons in their first three seasons with the team. There's a lot of people that don't like Najee Harris. They don't like his demeanor. They don't like his play style. This game, more than any game that I can remember, proves Najee Harris's worth. In a day where Jalen Warren was not getting the job done, on a day where you can't lean on your passing game, on a day where you needed someone to say, you know what, I've got it, put the shoulder, I'll shoulder the load, I'll get the job done, Najee Harris was that guy. So kudos to Najee Harris, he is a winner. Next winner is Deontay Johnson. Finishes with four catches, 89 yards, a 22.3-yard average, one touchdown, a 71-yard long, and five targets. So four catches on five targets. That one incompletion, I do have to bring this up. It was weird. And I did, you can go check my timeline on Twitter. I, it, the pass wasn't that far off. It almost looked like Deontay Johnson eased up on the play. It didn't make sense. I'd love to know what happened on that play. If maybe he was expecting a flag, I don't know. Really strange. But Deontay Johnson had two really big catches in this game. All th I thought all four catches were, were big, but there were two in particular that stood out. There was one where Mason Rudolph threw a beautiful pass. It was zone coverage. Deontay Johnson runs his route, recognizes zone, sits in the soft spot. And the problem is, is that when Deontay Johnson sits in that soft spot in the zone, when he turns around, he doesn't see that there's an underneath defender just in front of him to his left. Mason Rudolph, as he has that sight line to the receiver, sees it. So he has to throw it to a spot. Now, the the person like my, my wife or my daughters who were watching the game with me, they would say, wow, Mason Rudolph kind of threw that one a little wild. Deontay Johnson had to stretch and catch it. They're right, except Mason Rudolph had to throw it there. But Deontay Johnson had a beautiful catch. Like The catch radius there was, was really, really awesome. And then the second catch, 
was Deontay Johnson getting that ball over the middle, catching it in, in just a very small amount of space. Safety takes a bad angle, and just like with George Pickens against the Bengals, the defender takes a bad angle, and they make them pay, and they make them pay by the by way of a huge touchdown run. It's good to see Deontay Johnson get in the end zone. 71-yard touchdown was the difference in the game, and he's on the winner's list. The next winner is Eric Rowe. 12 tackles, 10 solo. He had a pass defense and a forced fumble. Now, I don't know if you re- realize this. If you didn't look at the box score, you might not. Eric Rowe led the Steelers in tackles. Think about that. A guy that was on the bench last, he was, he was, I think he was pretty sure he was like on the couch a couple weeks ago, is leading the Steelers in tackles in a game where he actually left the game with a neck injury, was questionable return, probably a stinger, and he was able to come back and finish the game. Think about that. That's insane. It's insane. It's to the point where I say, hey, can we get Eric Rowe to sign again? Can we get him back next year and have a full offseason with Eric Rowe? Get Eric Rowe to be a, one of those flex players that could be a cornerback, could be a safety for you. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'm seeing a little this little sample size of Eric Rowe. I want to see more. I want to see more. So Eric Rowe definitely deserves to be on the winner's list. The next winner are the takeaways. Those two fumble recoveries were absolutely huge for the Steelers. When you think about Eric Rowe punching the ball out and the other four, the other fumble uh, recovery was absolutely huge. Both of those were huge. Now the, the first fumble recovery did not result in points. The second one, I believe was a field goal. So not a lot of pot off these takeaways, but they needed both of them in a game where field position game conditions were not, not they, they were basically my field position was paramount field. The game position, they did, the footballs were wet. The field was sloppy. It was everyone was slipping all over the place. Not good conditions. You got to take care of the football. And when the team turned it over twice, getting it back twice was huge. Was absolutely huge. Vital for the Steelers win. That's why it's on the winners list. The next winner is just the running game in general. 39 carries, 155 yards, a four-yard average, one touchdown, and a 23-yard long. Here's the thing. I know that they weren't going against the starters in terms of there was no Roquan Smith, there was no Kyle Hamilton, there was no Marlon Humphrey. But the running game did what they were supposed to do. I'm not going to apologize, and I know the Steelers aren't going to either. Having 155 total yards with Najee Harris having over 100 himself against the Baltimore Ravens. A defense that thrives and prides itself on stopping the run, having a game like this. They, They could not throw the ball to victory. They had to run it to victory. One team did it. The other team didn't. When you look at the two stat lines, you see that the Steelers rush for 155. The Baltimore Ravens barely get over 100 with 106, and their quarterback had to get 40 of those himself. That's a good winning performance by the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line and running game. That's why they're on the winner's list. The last winner, the eighth and final, was the red zone offense. I bemoaned it last week when they were five, um, three for seven. They were one for two. When you only get there two times, if you can convert one into a touchdown, that matters. It matters in a game where the final score is 17 to 10 and the points are at a premium. In that second red zone trip, and I know Dave Schofield in his article is analyzing the, the game by the numbers article. He he lauded, he lauded the the, uh, the red zone offense last week while I bemoaned it. In that case, I learned from Dave and I say the second trip when it ended with Jalen Warren's sweep on that third down and goal. That that wasn't them. I don't never felt like they were trying to actually score. 
They knew a field goal was going to make it a two-score game. They wanted to kill the clock. They wanted to use burn Baltimore's timeouts. So, therefore, I'm going to put them on the winner's list for that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we have five losers to talk about. Yeah, five and a winning effort. Hard to believe. We'll get to that right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, Steelers fans, welcome back. Second half of the show. It's time for the losers list. I know it's normally not this long in terms of the number of players or situational things that happen in the game when you win, but still, this wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't pretty at all. The first loser should be obvious to most. TJ Watt's injury. TJ Watt's injury, the stat line is it sucks. It sucks because, well, there, there's no way of knowing the extent of Watt's injury right now. Uh, there will probably be some reports tomorrow, Sunday, uh, to get some detail because he's going to need an MRI. They're probably already on the plane to go back to Pittsburgh, which is not a long flight. And he's probably going to have an MRI tomorrow morning to see what the extent of the injury is. MCL injury, hyperextension, whatever. It's unlikely that Watt would be available for a wild card game. Unless it's something like, hey, he avoided a serious injury. We'll be able to brace it up and he'll be fine. But even then, you have to wonder. Even if it's a hyperextension, there's no structural damage, there's no ligament tears, uh, nothing like that. You have to wonder, like, what exactly, like, what's this bend going to look like? The guy, he is nothing but a ball of athleticism. If he doesn't have that athleticism, that's going to hinder his game. It sucks. That's why he's on the loser's list. TJ Watt's injury is on the loser's list, not TJ Watt himself. We know that. The next loser is Presley Harvin. Finishes the game with a 41.7-yard average punt, but the inconsistencies with this guy have just been well-documented all season. You don't need me to tell you that Presley Harvin's just not getting the job done. He is doing a good job holding the ball. There's a really bad snap from uh, the Christian Kuntz, the long snapper. It was a really bad snap. You watch that go-ahead Field goal by Chris Boswell. I shouldn't say go ahead, but to make it a 10 score game, 17 to seven. Uh, that when that snap came back, I was like, well, he does have value in terms of holding, but punting the football, it's been bad. It's been really, really bad. And we talked about this on the post game show that maybe some of these kicks are by design. And so I, I use the golf analogy. Those of you that listen know that I do a golf podcast called Fairways and Dream. Go check it out. You check out my Twitter timeline. You'll see it or just search fairways, the, the and symbol dreams, wherever you get your podcast and you'll find it. But on par five, sometimes, even if you're in distance to go forward and two, there are times where you say, Hey, I'm going to lay up. I'm going to lay up because maybe there's trouble by the green and I, I'm trying to minimize the risk. I understand that that can be a game plan thing. And I think the Steelers might sometimes say, Hey, kick it really high and we don't want to return. So even if they fair catch it at the 20, that's fine. We don't want to return. But that, that just like you go back to the golf analogy on the par five, where I'm going to try and lay up to a certain distance that I'm very comfortable with a wedge in my hand. You never game plan for a shank into the woods. And that's happened more often than not with Presley Harvin. These 26 yard net punts or 26 yard punts. It's just, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. So while you might say that some of it is by design, those are not. 
And that's why he's on the losers list. Let's go to the next loser. It's hard to say this, but Jalen Warren's on the loser list. Finishes nine carries for 33 yards, a 3.7 average, and he had 23 yard long. So out of 33 yards, 23 yards was a one, one play. Didn't get a touchdown and two really costly fumbles. You know, this was just not Jalen Warren's night. It was not a night. And to be honest, I'm shocked he got as many carries as he did. Because if I was the coach, I'm probably not getting Jalen Warren back into the game after he put the ball on the turf. I think, well, he put it on the turf twice. The first time was pretty bad. Sometimes you just got to know when to go down. And that's something Jalen Warren will have to learn, hopefully, soon. And unfortunately, he learned the hard way. But Jalen Warren finds his way on the losers list, I think, for the first time in his career, which is a shame. Okay, the next one is a guy that's been on the losers list more than once, Mason Cole, center. His stat line is more crappy snaps. And then on the one time that he gave a good snap in the shotgun formation, Mason Rudolph drops it. This is a situation where we're watching Mason Cole in the center position just slowly, maybe not slowly, maybe rapidly, move up the team need chart this offseason. It's just really bad. Um, in run support and pass protection, Cole's been adequate at best. Not good. Definitely not great. Mason Cole got the job done last year. He's getting the job done to an extent this year. Next year, it's time for an upgrade. Time for an upgrade. And the last one is the tur- are the turnovers. We mentioned this: the fumbles. The Steelers had a lot of fumbles in this game. Um, I believe if I look up the team stats quickly, fumbles. Yeah, the, the turnovers were bad. I mean, the fumbles lost two each, but thankfully the Steelers got two back. So they end up being nil, even, no blood in terms of the turnover margin, the, the margin, the, the differential. So those are your losers. So to recap everything for you here, let's go over the eight winners again. The winners, TJ Watt, Mason Rudolph, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Eric Rowe, takeaways, the running game and the red zone offense, the losers, TJ Watt's injury, Presley Harvin, Jalen Warren, Mason Cole, and turning the ball over two times. Nonetheless, the Steelers win 17 to 10 over the Ravens. I will never not celebrate a victory over Baltimore living in this state, living around all these Raven fans. It's always nice when you can wear your Steelers gear and no matter what they say, Hey, we beat you all twice this year. Oh, but the backups really, if you have someone that ever say, if you know someone that's a Ravens fan and they say, Oh yeah, you might've beat us in week 17 or week 18, but we had all these backups in there. All you have to say is, do you want me to rattle off the Steelers defense for you and their backups that they have in there? Miles Jack, Eric Rowe, Michael Walker. How about Mark Robinson playing a bunch? Patrick Peterson going to safety. Uh, Trenton Thompson, who is a backup, who's even hurt. He's not even in the lineup. They're playing Miles Killebrew at safety. So please, Ravens fans, spare me the backup talk because the Steelers know all about that. All right, that does it for me. Steelers win. We will see if they get in. Let's go Titans. Let's go Dolphins. Let's hope the Steelers punch their ticket to the postseason. But if they don't, I will be with you no matter what on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every single week. No matter what, I don't think I've ever missed a Let's Ride podcast since I started this thing four seasons ago, three seasons ago, whatever it was. I don't know. None. I just I appreciate everyone that listens. It's been a great season. If this is the ending point of it, I'll be back on Monday for a lot more thoughts on these Pittsburgh Steelers. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know we finished it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. Let's go Steelers.